0: This episode includes depictions of graphic violence, body horror, and discussions of sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of The Deer Woman. Today's episode combines features from a number of American indigenous legends for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Last week, we spun a tale or two with that most dangerous of muses, Ireland's and She. Today's subject makes an appearance in the folklore of indigenous peoples from America's East Coast, the Midwest, and the Gulf Coast. She's beautiful, charming, and the best dancer you've ever seen. With her as a partner, you never have to look down at your feet. Still, it might be good to check because if you don't notice the hooves beneath her dress, you'll never know she's the deer woman and you won't make it to morning this is mythical monsters monsters of seduction you can find all episodes of mythical monsters and all other spotify originals from parcast for free on spotify coming up we dance with a woman who isn't what she seems
1: there's a lot that could impress you about the all-new honda prologue ev True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit Honda.com prologue to learn more.
0: The legends are true. But overwhelming power!
1: The sauce of destiny. Yes!
0: Deer Woman is an indigenous boogeyman. She appears in native cultures all across America. These include the Haudenosaunee in the Northeast, the Lakota, Ojibwe, and Cherokee in the Plains, and the Choctaw, Muscogee, and the Seminole in the South. What parts of her are deer and what parts of her are woman vary by legend. But there's one common feature in every story, her cloven feet. Dear Woman's hooves are the only thing she cannot change. But if her powers are working, you may not notice them at all. She stalks social gatherings in the form of a bewitchingly beautiful woman. When she catches the attention of a man, she draws him away from his duties, his family, and his home. And then he disappears into the forest, never to be seen again. Knew that huachipis were important, but he kind of hated them. He wasn't a good dancer and he wasn't great with people, so how could he be expected to enjoy a powwow filled with strangers? His best friend Rosie loved them. She was an incredible dancer and was proud of the intricate bead and feather work she'd done on her regalia fiery reds and vibrant blues. Bear tried to smile at her supportively, but the minute she turned away, he grimaced in the glare of the lights. In typical rosy fashion, she caught him. She stepped away from the dance circle to coax him. It's not as bad as all that, Bear. Come on. There's food to eat and people to talk to. Auntie Redbird is telling stories. Bear shook his head. He'd heard all Auntie's stories too many times to count. They weren't any more fun than trying to dance. He let Rosie pull him a little closer, just to make her feel better. But he stubbornly tried to ignore Auntie's boring old words. Dear woman, comes from the woods to steal away our young men. But you needn't be worried, children. She cannot take you if you keep your wits about you. Fulfill your responsibilities and protect your community, and you will never see her. But if you do, my brave young men, you will know her by her cloven feet. Be sure to look for hooves before you follow a stranger. If you leave with her, you'll never return. Bear tilted his head towards the musicians to drown out auntie's words. The tinny speakers made his ears rattle. Boogeymen and fairy tales. Why does dear woman only go after men anyway? It's not fair. No one could do earnest like Rosie could. Because women are drawn away from their communities in a different way than men. She fussed with her beadwork before taking a different approach. "'The younger kids admire you, Bear. They need to see that you care about the past. We have to show them the value of sharing stories. If we don't have that, we'll disappear.' Bear sat back in his chair. "'I'm not going over there, Rosie. Auntie will have to keep them entertained on her own.' Rosie looked wounded. "'At least try to participate. It's important.' Bear didn't answer her. He'd said his piece. Rosie's upper lip wobbled. Bear, we shouldn't be fighting about this. Bear shrugged. Who's fighting? Auntie Redbird called Rosie's name. Rosie huffed. This isn't over. Bear waved away her admonishment as she dashed back to the dance circle. I'm sure it isn't. It was already night and the party was just getting started. The fires roared. Bear was wondering if he could sneak back home and bury himself under a blanket. When he saw her, she was strong and slender, with high cheekbones and hair the color of the night sky. She was wearing no regalia, just a lightly beaded dress. And yet, Bear couldn't take his eyes off of her. His jaw went slack when he realized he struggled to close it, but she'd already caught him looking. (laughs) She laughed at him, but it wasn't cruel. She hid behind her hair to stifle the giggle, like she'd forgiven him. Bear smiled, brushing his own dark hair back so he could look at her better. She was coming towards him. Oh no, she was coming towards him. She was on him before he could finish the thought. Well, don't you look friendly. Bear swallowed. I guess I try to be. She smelled so good, like sweet clover and pine right after rain. She laughed at him. Her top lip was darker than the bottom. It made them look even more perfect. But you don't like to dance? Bear wished with all his heart that he did. I mean, um, I've tried, and he shrugged helplessly. She took his hand. A shock ran up his fingers all the way to the top of his spine. The hairs on the back of his neck stood on end. He felt uneasy, but it must just be nerves. She was so beautiful. There was the softest hum in her voice. It felt like the whole world was vibrating along with her. What's your name, new friend? Uh, bear, he said, trying to hear himself over the thundering of his heart. She smiled, that perfect smile. Her brown eyes glittered. They were deeper, darker than the freshest forest soil. Hello, bear. I'm running, dear. Would you dance with me? Every muscle in his body tugged him towards her, but he couldn't fight his teenage anxiety. He hung his head. I'd embarrass you. Running deer tucked her finger beneath his chin. She drew his head up so their lips were nearly touching. Then, let's practice in the dark. Bear's eyes bulged. She couldn't be saying what she was saying. He couldn't be that lucky. Running deer stepped past him towards the tree line. Coming? Bear looked from her to the campfire in the distance. Running deer brought her other hand up to his forearm. She traced the edge of his bone with one delicate finger. Bear was ready to go, but a tenuous feeling of responsibility kept him rooted in place. He was supposed to stay here, welcome the guests, be a good representative of their people. Auntie would say he shouldn't, Rosie would say he shouldn't, and he already felt awful about upsetting Rosie. But then Bear remembered one simple thing. Rosie wasn't here. Running Deer ran her hand along Bear's thin arm one more time. She smiled mischievously. Then she dashed into the woods. Bear hadn't expected that. Hey, wait! He listened for crashing in the forest, but he couldn't hear anything. How could she move through the dark woods without making a sound? (laughs) He heard her laugh again, warm and inviting. He wanted to make her laugh like that forever. Come on, Bear, I'm waiting. Bear smiled from ear to ear and stepped into the dark. Coming up, Bear follows his heart into danger.
1: I'm Sarah Turney, host of Disappearances, a Spotify original from Parcast. In 2020, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades-long disappearance. Now, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and finding that the truth may be even harder to locate than the person. Who forced a famed explorer to lose his way? What did a missing Hollywood starlet leave behind? And how could the heiress to a Chicago candy fortune just vanish? Every Thursday on Disappearances, join me for a deeper look into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Tracking timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the actual truth. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Disappearances. Listen free only on Spotify. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With ShareFares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of leg room are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply.
0: Now back to the story. As Bear stepped into the darkness... He wondered what he was going to tell Rosie when she asked where he'd been. Rosie, I met the most beautiful girl. Rosie, my whole life has changed. Rosie, I'm in love. He heard running deer calling out between the trees. Bear. He imagined her lithe, perfect body darting between the trees, leaping over logs and bushes. The wind shifted in the darkness. He heard the younger trees bend with its power, but the sound had come from behind him. They'd gone all the way through the new growth and into the older forest, the part that was meant to remain untouched, reserved for the spirits. No hunting, no foraging, no anything. Certainly not what they planned to do. He called out, Running deer? The voice came from right beside him. Yes, my handsome new friend? Bear jumped, but tried to hide it. Oh, thought I lost you. He felt her breath on his ear as she embraced him from behind. You will never lose me, Bear. Never, ever. Bear smiled. Oh, good. He turned to face her. There was something glittering in the pine needles by her feet, shiny and black. She put both hands on the side of his face, drawing him close to her. I missed you. Their lips hovered close together, breath mingling, electricity growing between them. Her eyes were so dark as if her pupils had taken up every inch, but Bear didn't have time to dwell. She pushed him gently down into the leaves. They were wet and cold, but when she climbed on top of him, the world fell away. Do you want this? She whispered. Yes, he said. Do you want me? She breathed. Yes, he replied. She bent over him, clutching his wiry shoulders. Oh, little bear, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, he stammered back. She ran her fingers through his hair, scratching just enough to make him shiver. Then she kissed him. He hadn't expected her to be so aggressive. She'd seemed so light, so delicate, but he wasn't complaining, not at all. She moaned against his mouth. Bear adjusted his head, leaning up to kiss her. Then he saw it again, that shiny black glint. He should have been thinking of other things, but something about it didn't make sense. He wanted to get a better look. Running Deer noticed his distraction. Bear? He should have hidden his unease, but he didn't. He couldn't take his eyes off her feet. Where her shoes should have been were two small, dark hooves. Bear yelped and squirmed out from under her, still on his back on the wet ground. You're a, a uh, Running deer sighed and sat back on her haunches. Her delicate hooves and furry legs were splayed out behind her. Don't do this, bear. Bear couldn't stop himself. Uh, dear woman. Running deer squinted her black eyes in betrayal. It was going so well, bear. She sighed and looked at the ground. Then the crown of her head tore open. Bone burst from her bloody scalp. It twisted and forked, growing outward. Bear had never seen antlers like this. Their height didn't match, and they pointed upwards, stuck straight. Then more growths appeared. Strange, diseased-looking nubs. If he had seen an antlered doe like this in the wild, he would have thought the rare animal was sick. Now, she was just terrifying. Bear scrambled to his feet, He nearly fell on the slick leaves, but he staggered towards where he thought the wachipi was. He screamed for help. Only the wind answered. He crashed through the trees, tripping on logs and catching his clothes on brambles and branches. Thorns made fresh cuts in his hands, but he knew he had to keep running. She had to have some weakness, some way to escape her, but he couldn't recall it. He'd only half-listened to his auntie, and now it was going to kill him. His muscles screamed for rest, but he knew he mustn't stop. If he had any hope of surviving, he needed to get back to the Wachipi, back to his people, back to Rosie. Each breath was like a knife in his chest, but still he pushed onward, whipping through the trees until one log was just a little too big for him. He nearly made it. Then he tripped and rolled face first into the mud. He felt pressure on his back. It was heavy yet delicate. He heard his spine snap before he felt it. Bear groaned as the deer woman turned him over. He couldn't see her face, only that abnormal antlered shadow silhouetted by stars. He tried to kick at her, but only his arms would move. She caught one by the wrist and twisted. Bear screamed as it went numb. She grabbed the other, crushing it beneath her grip. Bear ran out of air. His cries became soft whimpers. She lowered herself down onto him again and dipped her head low. Oh, bear, look what you've done. She breathed deeply, inhaling his scent. When she lifted her gaze, her antlers made deep scratches in his cheeks. He winced, please, you're still beautiful. I promise, please. The deer woman rested her elbows on top of his chest and put her chin in her hands. I know I'm beautiful, bear. It's not my fault that you forgot everything your elders taught you about me. I was going to help you, to teach you, to indulge you, then kill you. She smiled at him, eyes glistening like black stones, But you had to run. So now I'm going to take my time. Just not the way you wanted. But I think you'll still learn something in the end. Well, before the end. Bear begged his limbs to move, but they wouldn't respond. She kissed him softly on the lips, then bit down hard. He cried out. Oh, shush, she said. You've heard this story. You don't have to be surprised. She pressed her full weight on his body. Bear wished for death, but it didn't come. Coming up, Rosie searches for a monster.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. We got another day of NBA action, and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win. Flash downtown. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more. Only on FanDuel.
0: Now, back to the story. Rosy Light of Dawn sat on the edge of the dance circle, staring into the darkness. It had been 30 minutes since her best friend, Bear, disappeared with the strange girl in the beaded dress. She had tried not to be jealous. She understood why he'd chosen her. She'd argued with him earlier that night. But even if she hadn't, Rosie had a feeling she wouldn't have stood a chance. Rosie was round and muscular. The stranger was long and lithe. Rosie would never have gone into the woods to do what Bear was doing. Maybe that's why she'd never have him. Rosie heard a sound on the wind. It was soft enough to be her own breath, but she was certain somehow that it had come from Bear. She bolted out of her seat. Bear? Bear? At first, there was no answer. Then she heard it again. Rosie ran into the woods, calling his name. Bear, answer me! She didn't know what to think. She hadn't trusted the mysterious girl, but she would thought it had been for all the wrong reasons. Had her own jealousy masked her good judgment? Bear had needed her, and she'd done nothing. She rushed through the young trees at the edge of the forest. The canopy was thin enough to let starlight through. She could see around her in all directions. Bear wasn't here. She called his name again. She heard another strangled cry. Rosie screamed. Bear, I'm coming! The canopy above got thicker. The pines were older here. Only a faint speckling of starlight showed through. Rosie paused, searching the darkness. Bear? There was one more cry, weaker, but it was so close. Rosie ran into the darkness, stumbling as her clothes caught on the trees. She nearly tripped over him. Bear lay still on the forest floor. His face was torn and his limbs were bent the wrong way. She ran to him. Bear, Bear, please wake up. What did she do to you? She leaned down to listen for his heart. She heard nothing. She placed her ear above his lips. Nothing. She screamed for help and heard nothing. Tears clouded her eyes. When she blinked them away, A large, white-tailed doe was standing six feet away from her. Rosie stared. The doe was so beautiful, even with its strange antlers and dirty hooves. Hello, she said softly. Are you a spirit? Are you here to help me? The deer looked at her for a moment. Then it turned and bounded away. Rosie's eyes stung. She didn't know how she'd get Bear home or how she'd find him again if she went for help. She was too exhausted and too frightened. If that horrible, murderous girl was waiting somewhere in the darkness, she was in no state to fight back. The wind moved through the trees, rustling the pine needles above her head. They cascaded down in off-kilter spirals. When the final needle fell, there was a man standing in the woods. Rosie had never seen him before, but there had been a lot of new people at the Wachipi. She leaned over Bear protectively. What do you want? The man put up his hands to show that he carried no weapon. To help? Oh, he doesn't look good. I know some medicine. May I see? The idea that there could be any hope for Bear overrode her fear. She made room immediately. Yes, of course. As the man stepped closer, she was able to see his full frame. He was broad and tall, well-muscled, but with a soothing softness. He bent over Bear, examining him. Then he looked up. I'm sorry. Well, I realized I don't know your name. I'm Black Elk. Rosie's cheeks were hot. Rosie Light of Dawn. He smiled at her softly. That's a very appropriate name. Rosie looked down at her hands. Thank you. Then she remembered Bear. Is he all right? Black Elk looked down. I'm afraid he's gone on, Rosie. I'm so sorry. Rosie cried again. It was strange to feel her eyes stinging with salt when her cheeks were still flushed. I don't understand what happened. There was a girl. They went into the forest and then... She sniffed and fell silent. Black Elk gently placed his hand on her back. She didn't move at first. Then she collapsed against it. He ran his fingers along her spine. We'll find her and we'll get him home, but are you all right? Rosie wiped her eyes. I'm fine. I'm ready to go. She nodded for good measure, just to convince herself she was. Black Elk helped her to her feet. He dusted the pine needles and torn leaves off her regalia. Then he picked Bear up in one smooth motion. The way his body slumped sent Rosie into another bout of tears. Black Elk put his arm around her again. She leaned into his touch as they headed back towards the Wachipi. Rosie had told Bear that a dear woman only sought out men because women are pulled from their communities in a different way. But as Black Elk comforted her, she forgot what her aunties had warned the young girls about. So she didn't ask herself how he knew the woods so well, when if he was a stranger here, he shouldn't know them at all. She didn't wonder what he'd been doing out alone at this time of night and she didn't see the cloven hooves beneath his trousers. Some legends say each deer woman is the spirit of a woman who was sexually assaulted in the forest and left to die. Because of this, she's been cast as a symbol of missing and murdered Indigenous women and two-spirits who are disproportionately victims of sexual violence. This and other versions of Dear Woman's story have been told by great Native voices, including Elizabeth La Pensee, Rebecca Rowanhorse, and Stephen Graham Jones. In older legends, however, Dear Woman teaches the value of social responsibility within a native group's culture, as does her rarer masculine counterpart, Elk Man. Their stories suggest that sexuality is not only a personal choice, it's a societal one. If you succumb to mindless lust or choose your partner without thinking of how it will affect your community, you're hurting everyone. Early leaders of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy introduced what's now known as the Seven Generations Principle. It's the idea that when you act, you can't just think for yourself or even just the present. You must think of the future seven generations from now. It might seem like one dalliance in the woods shouldn't knock everything off track, but when you put yourself at risk, you hurt the community too. Dying doesn't just affect you, it's a loss for everyone. So be cautious at the next celebration. That beautiful woman who dances so gracefully may be moving too lightly on her feet. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. Next week, we begin a new wine-soaked journey through the lands of myth and time with some hard-drinking horrors. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil De Ritter and Jen Roche, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Nora Batel, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Coleman Gray. I'm Vanessa Richardson.